You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. And hello, everyone. I'm so glad you've joined us today for episode 159. Now, if you happen to be new to this podcast and like what you hear, I encourage you to subscribe to the show by going to my website, johnsertalic.com. That's John with an H and Sertalic with a C-E-R-T-A-L-I-C, johnsertalic.com. Today's episode is in response to a podcast listener by the name of Patty, who said she'd like to hear more interviews with missionaries. And I can see why. They are some of the most interesting people around. To talk with a missionary is almost always an interesting conversation. And more than interesting, whenever we truly hear the story of another person, whether they're a missionary or not, it can't help but cause us to reflect upon our own story. For today's show, I interviewed two of my friends, Billy and Laura Borkenhagen, to learn from them and their life-changing missionary story. One thing that's different about today's episode is that I also have a word-for-word transcript of the interview in the show notes. It was done using AI, artificial intelligence software. I have been wanting to experiment with this for a while. And if actual transcripts are something you'd like to see more of, please let me know. Okay, let's get on with the interview with Billy and Laura. So Laura and Billy, tell us a little bit about your journey to become missionaries. I mean, you both had pretty great careers, and you left all of that to become missionaries in a camping ministry. Laura, why don't we start with you first? Sure. So yeah, Billy and I met in college and Billy became an architect and I uh, began working in marketing. We both worked at at the Kohler company for our our careers. Uh, I even traveled internationally for a a bit of time, which which was really fun and fixed up a house. And I, I ran, I started my own photo business and Billy started working downtown Milwaukee. We had three kids and life was you know, kind of how I had it planned in my Excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. of how I wanted my life to be. Yeah. And so we, we had taken our family with our three kids up to, to camp just to to attend a winter camp and and just really had a great time. So the next year we decided to go back. And while we were there, I was reading in the dining hall, they have all the missionaries, like a little bio about each one of them. And I was reading them and at the end, there was a job posting. I wasn't looking for a job, but I just, in that moment, I knew that that was my job. And that kind of just started a journey of us asking questions. And yeah, it was a bit of, bit of a story, but we, we ended up both joining as missionaries at, at Fort Wilderness. And now we're here in the North Woods. Well, t- tell us a little bit about what, what camping is at Fort Wilderness and what your role is in, with them. Sure. Fort Fort Wilderness is a camping ministry. It's in northern Wisconsin, and um, it really aims to do 
do four things. They get people out in God's creation, in the outdoors, um, just immersed in, in what God's created. Gives people God's word. So at all the different camps and retreats, there's always a speaker or, or way for you to hear, hear God's word. And then they, they use adventure programming. So things like horses and water slides and tubing hills and mm-hmm. swimming and all sorts of adventure things. And then the fourth one is community. And so, so you're, you're always in Christian community. So it, it uses those four things and it's year round, summer, winter, fall. Um, and then there's, there's camps for families. There's things just for youth where they get dropped off for, for a week or so. There's a college age program. And then there's adult programs where it's like just adults, like a men's retreat yeah. or women's retreat. So you're yeah. doing, you're doing your marketing thing then part-time from your home and Billy's still working uh, in the Milwaukee area as an architect, correct? Yeah, that's how it started. I, I saw this job posting and I said, Hey, would you consider someone working part-time remote because I'm not moving? Mm-hmm. That, that was my, my quote. <laughs> and uh, funny how, how God, every time I've said I would not do something, I feel like I've done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, well, maybe like, why? And I was like, well, I'm not interested in moving, but Oh, I'd love to like work for Fort. And so they entertained the idea. They're like, sure, like think about it, pray about it. So I applied, I interviewed, and I became the first ever remote employee uh, mm-hmm. working from, from the Milwaukee area while Billy was was working in Milwaukee. And the plan, I was willing to raise support as a missionary, but they said, well, we've never had anyone working remotely. So they offered me a six-month contract where they paid me. And they said, at six months, if it works out, then we'll talk about raising support. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So the six-month mark comes and, and COVID had hit. And so I, I was not the only remote employee anymore because lots of people were working remote at that point. But the six-month mark came and we were up at camp helping out. And I was supposed to have this meeting about raising support. But before that meeting, Billy's now boss approached him and said, Hey, there, there's, there's really no job available, but I really need an architect and you're married to Laura. Like, would you guys consider moving up here and, and joining staff? And we were like, uh, may, maybe I, I'm not sure. And so the short story is they sent us home and said, pray about it for the next 30 days. And we said, yes, after that 30 days, because we yeah. really felt, felt the Lord Every there was a hundred instances where we felt like, wow, the Lord is just really showing yeah. us and opening this door. Yeah, and, and yeah. Billy, that was quite a—I mean, it was a big change for Laura. But but you actually gave up a pretty great job as an architect. How did how did that how did God work in your life to to do such a thing? Yeah, I really thought that I would. Um, retire at HGA because it was, it was a really good firm and my opportunity to work there was pretty unique and through one of my college professors. So I, I had a good job and I liked it. I think the, the shortest way I can answer that, the short story is that by combination of the opportunities at Fort Wilderness, the, the special needs that they had, and then some things that God was doing, not only in my life, but in Laura's life, um, separately, but at the same time, and each of us made it pretty clear to us that 
this is something that uh, we should step into. And that was kind of the answer to the prayer that we got. So that's the very short version of that story. Um, mm-hmm. I think the longer version is that God had showed me very clearly that we weren't in total control of our lives as much as you think you are, as much as you think you're, you're the way you live or the job you have or the community you're in is giving you some sense of control. He had shown us in personal ways that we're actually not in control. And so that mm-hmm. put our minds in a place where I think we were willing to consider leaving all of the stuff that we've built up over the years and taking a risk of stepping in into sort of this unknown role and fulfilling this, what was a clear need, but an unknown role for us. And so the timing of that sensation with the open doors and the opportunities and all of that is really what compelled us to seriously pray about it and determine that that's where God was leading us. Mm. Yeah. So it's not like you were, you were running away from something that, you know, things are going along pretty well. And, but here is something that was better that God was leading you to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still, to be honest, you know, sometimes at our worst, we're tempted to think like, man, did we, you know, you get to this point where you can't go back and you're like, did we make a mistake, you know, mm. going forward? And yeah. um, and I think a lot of that is just the enemy tempting us and trying to, you know, keep us from what God's called us into. But yeah, absolutely. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't running away. Um, in fact, it was quite encouraging when we came to Fort Wilderness. For me personally, I had a lot of um, support and encouragement from peers and coworkers and uh, even my own uh, supervisor when I left and broke the news to him that I was you know, going to be resigning in the next month and uh, talked to him. He, um, this was God's grace. He had offered that, you know, he's like, he's like, I, I'm not going to ask you to stay and offer you more money because I understand why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. He's like, but if things don't work out, in spring and your support raising isn't going well he's like just call me you know i could throw some work your way and you could work remotely everybody was working remotely at that time anyway so encouragements like that were super helpful and leaving on leaving with good rapport and on good terms um is you know something you still think about especially in those moments when uh you're doubting and you know wondering and uh life is seeming more complicated than it probably should be yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, one one definition of a missionary is someone who goes from one culture to another culture to in some way spread the the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, you move from one part of Wisconsin to another part of Wisconsin, but did you notice any cultural differences between where you were living in in an urban setting Compared to you're smiling, um, compared to um, <laughs> living in the North Woods. Tell us about the change in culture. Yeah, yeah, that that's it's such a good, good question. Um, you know, I think I think I know that I downplayed this. I was like, and we've we've had this whole discussion of what is the definition of a missionary, and and there's there's different ones. Um, you know, at Fort, we raise, we raise our support, meaning that our, our salary is paid to us off. We, we had to talk to our church and friends and family and they support us monthly. And and that money 
pays our salary. Um, so, you know, that, that was one thought I had. And because we were doing that support raising, I was like, yeah, I mean, and there isn't really the cultural thing because we're in Wisconsin and we're still going to be in Wisconsin. And, um, I, I should have, have thought about that more. It's, it's been a drastic cultural change, both from just living in the city to, to living in the North woods, but also just not being on the, um, corporate world schedule economy. It's been challenging, I think, mainly because I I downplayed it. It was like, it's no no big deal. We're just moving four hours away. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it has been a big deal. Mm. And, and I, you know, John, you told us you have a lot of people that listen to your podcast that are, are missionaries. And so I don't want that to come across as we did something as, as hard as moving to another country. In fact, I'm saying, wow, this has been a struggle and we moved four hours and Mm. I can't imagine someone (laughs) actually to a different country. Um, We, you know, we didn't have language barriers or or any of of those things. So I don't, I don't want to diminish. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. even more strength it must take to, to go to another country. Yeah. 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 How about for you, Billy? What, how, how has the cultural change uh, affected you or, or did it? Yeah. Certainly, I think, especially because we moved from a pretty tight knit community, and we had a lot of overlap between our church community and our living community. Mm-hmm. And so, the people that we'd see and bump into at church on Sunday were also people that we'd see and bump into, you know, walking around sidewalks and we're just kind of doing life together. Um, and that's so it's a little, it's much more spread out up here, just physically and logistically to overlap and to kind of get insights into people's lives or invite people into your lives is just logistically more challenging. So that was a, that's a big thing. I think that just drives sort of a different culture in the way um, probably that uh, people are just, uh, um, and this is, I don't like to make general statements, but are just less accustomed to always being around Mm -hmm. (laughs) you and other people, you know, it's just, it's just kind of, there's a different vibe to it. Um, but I think is to add to what Laura was saying, um, one of the challenges, and maybe this is less about culture, is just being feeling unestablished. I think uh, when you go from a place where you feel established or you built a home and a life and you go to another place, whether that's 30 minutes away or on the other side of the world, there's a part of you, I think, that I've felt that where we feel like foreigners a little bit, like we're not, we, we didn't grow up here. You know, we haven't, our kids weren't raised here. We don't have the history. We don't know the places. We don't know the landmarks, all the, all the things that make you kind of have the sense of home and establishment. We're trying to piece together and, you know, get a grip on a little bit. So in that sense, maybe that amplifies the, what we perceive as like a difference in cultures from one to the other. Um, but I think there's that's a big part of it. Mm, yeah. You know, one of the things that, that we talk a lot about on the podcast is relationships. Have you noticed any differences in relationships where you're living now compared to where you were living, where you came from? Are they, are they different? Are they the same? Uh, how, is, how has your move affected the relationship between the two of you and, you know, your, your children, your parents? Has, has that affected, has that been affected in any way? 
Yeah, I, I think <laughs> sometimes there might be the sense that if God's calling you to something and you understand that call and you accept that call, that you've arrived and you've you've kind of done it and accomplished, you know, like the rest of the story is and they lived happily ever after, you know. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I think that um, one of the things I've come to recognize, especially with relationships, is that um, God doesn't, you know, call the equipped, but he equips the call and that he calls everybody, especially us, to come here to grow. And so we've I think that Laura and I, you know, between the two of us have had growth in our relationship, even in the past weeks. And some of that I I I contribute to God specifically pushing us and growing us in areas together as a married couple. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, that whole being established thing. I think that maybe he hasn't let us get too established yet because he does want us to not be too dependent on things. He loves us too much to let us get established in maybe bad routines or things like that. Mm. So he's working on us and, Mm. um, you know, would he have done that had we not stepped into this call? I don't probably, I don't know, but it seems like as we're here specifically, you know, making our work, his work, he's been pretty intentional in growing us as a married couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, our relationships have, have definitely, every single one has changed. One thing we were talking about just tonight was, so we had this great community where we lived and with our church and our neighborhood and Bible studies we were in, like, we just, we had this great, great community. Right. And like lots of people knew we were Christians, but yet we become a missionary. Right. And and so now all these friends know that we did this big thing and moved. Right. And like Billy said, like somehow you can feel like you've arrived and and because people would say that to you, like, Oh, I could never do that, but I'm so glad you're doing it. Like <laughs> as if we're all of a sudden somehow elevated, which is just not true. God calls us in our brokenness, <laughs> but, yeah. but the really surprising, you know, the sad change is like, of course, like you don't keep in touch as much as you want because we're here now. And a lot of our relationships where we lived, like everyone walked places. We only had one car and we almost never used it. Like, so you would just run into people and connect with them. And so that's gone. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you still can text people and call people, but like that daily interaction, it's not there. And so that, that was a great, great loss. But this beautiful thing that's come is people, whether they support us financially or not, will text us prayer requests. And it's like, I used to talk to you every day and you never asked me to pray for you, (laughs) but now I'm a missionary. And like, (laughs) I get the honor of people reaching out and being like, Hey, this is going on. I know you said that we could reach out for prayer and I'd love if you prayed for this. And I was like, wow. Like, so that's been a, a a beautiful change in, in the relationship Mm -hmm. that I wasn't expecting to be honest. Like I was not expecting that at all. So yeah. Cool. And tell us about your your kids. You got three young kids. What about your relationship with them and their own individual relationships? Can you comment on that? You know, it was a, it it was a really big change for them too. And and for context, our kids when we moved were were seven, five, and three when we moved. 
And, and I thought, you know, yeah, they've got friends, but they're super young, you know, they, they're not gonna, I, I didn't think it would be a huge deal, but there was a lot of factors. They were in public school, COVID hit, then they were home. Then we decided to homeschool. Then we decided to become missionaries. And so they had like mm. major change after major yeah. change after major change. Um, so I, I think there's been highs and lows. And I think, I think something God's taught me in it is you can plan all you want and pick out, oh, this community is going to be best for my kids, or this school is going to be best, or this church home is going to be best. But at the end of the day, there's not one perfect place to raise kids. Mm. And it's going to be hard, whether yeah. we're missionaries in the North Woods of Wisconsin, or we're in this perfect picked out community. Mm-hmm. Because we had picked out, you know, where we lived was mm-hmm. because of the schools and the church and the community. And and there's pros and cons to any place you live. And at the end of the day, you have to put the time into parenting and you've got to um, rely on the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think the Lord's for sure been teaching me that um, yeah. since we've been here. Yeah. 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 Were, th- were there any surprises when you started, when you moved? Was that a yes, no question? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share one? <laughs> yeah. I don't want, I don't mean this to sound um, critical or anything, um, but I think that for some reason, I thought that I, I worked in the secular world and that the secular world was very secular. And then um, you come and wh- where I was going to work. <laughs> you know, is kind of the church and the ministry. And so I had sort of this ideal in my mind about how that would look and function. And honestly, you get into it and you start to discover like, oh, wait a minute, there's actually like people are still people even here and there's brokenness Mm -hmm. and there's challenges and there's, you know, places where maturity is needed or places where maturity is really strong. And so one surprise is that I found myself in moments like looking back and thinking like, wow, actually in some ways I found my, my company that I worked for to be, you know, in, in moments could be more empathetic and in moments could be more um, concerning about, you know, like work-life balance or stuff like that. And, and again, I don't mean that to sound like a criticism, especially Fort Wilderness is an amazing organization. And, you know, I think we're super blessed and impressed with it, but there's just a, uh, you know, a reckoning of the ideals that we sometimes falsely build up in our mind about mm. how, how ministry is going to, it's like this, it's going to be this perfect place. Everyone's going to yeah. be working hand in hand in community, but like, in fact, it is work and yeah. <laughs> it's called work for a reason because it is difficult and uh, yeah. people aren't perfect and we aren't perfect. And, but yet by God's grace, uh, we all, you know, somehow come together and do something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What what have you for each of you? What have you found to be some of the more rewarding things about what you do? Do you want to go? You can go first. Well, I think it's really cool being like I'm. So I'm a registered architect, and I'm an architect by trade, and been doing that for years. And I came from a firm of you know there are 110 people in it, and like 80 architects, people who think and. Um, work like I do, and we under you know we understand the craft that we come together around to do, 
so being being the only architect now has on one hand challenges because you don't have the depth of resources you had and you know you're, you're always kind of comparing yourself to your your past or your in, in your peers in the industry but on the other hand um, it's really cool because you feel like man I really matter here like I really like I'm bringing a skill set that's unique and God prepared us for it and I matter in this role and I, I really feel like I belong here and so uh, I think that's been rewarding as we've seen projects come together and as we kind of solidify with our teams and, you know, work together really well and actually see stuff get done. It's, it's kind of a cool feeling. You feel like you really had big impact on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say, I think it, our unique area of ministry of, of what Fort does family camps in general, the people coming are are all Christians to the family camp. Like you come to family camp to have a certain experience and you likely wouldn't sign up to attend a Christian family camp if you're not Christian in general. Right. Right. So, so that part of the ministry, people come and they are expecting and willing to talk about deep things because you're the missionary staff. And so, you know, I worked years at the Kohler company and had maybe one spiritual top discussion with a colleague because mm. it's like taboo in the workplace to talk about anything, right? Spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And so if to get on that level with someone took years of working with them and it's like, we're up here at camp and like our first summer, I'm like, I just had this incredible conversation and this camper was talking to me about that. Right. And it's just like happening all over. And so that was like super encouraging. And then um, the, the youth camps and all winter, the youth groups come up all winter. And, and so that you've got just all sorts of people, like they're not, not all Christians and they're seeking and they're um, and so, yeah, I've just been just, touched the whole, the whole year. And I I guess maybe it, it, after working corporate world for a long time, I hope that I never lose that this first year joy that every time campers are there, there's an opportunity for an incredible conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the flip side of that, honestly, though, John is like, there are days when I'm doing my marketing stuff that I just feel like I'm doing marketing stuff. Right. And, and I think as someone who this is our first time working in ministry, and I, I cringe at that term because you work as a Christian, I think you're always working in ministry. You're just not always mm-hmm. being paid, right? right. Like, yeah. So I, I guess I, I think, uh, you know, we're one year in living up here and, and um, I'm still, I'm still wrestling through, I think a lot of that of, am I, am I doing ministry when I'm plugging away at my computer, mm-hmm. you know, or, or is it only when I'm talking with campers? Like, yeah. And there's a mm-hmm. guilt in that, right. Of like, and then you have camp is fun. So it's like, I never want to leave because I might miss out on some incredible conversation. And, and then I'm like, but wait, like, this isn't about me. Like God is actually doing the work. So I, I, I can go home. Like yeah. <laughs> I can go rest, right? Like, but these are the things that I'm, I, I wrestle with yeah, as, as I new missionaries. Totally agree. I, it's a bit of an identity crisis at times because it's like, on one hand, I'm, I'm a professional who came from the corporate world and I'm 
for me, I'm an architect and I do architect and we drive projects and I know what to do as an architect. So I've got that title. But on the other hand, I'm sort of this, I guess, cliche missionary <laughs> title too. You know, it's like, and so I feel like, like you're saying, if I'm doing my architecture stuff really well, it takes a lot of you know time and dedication. And I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm being a good architect, but well, now I'm not being a good missionary because I'm not doing ministry with people. Mm. And, you know, and so then it's like, all right, now what is mission? What is ministry then? Is it designing the projects and, and, you know, making them successful or is it serving lunch to a camper or having a spiritual conversation or preaching or, you know, where, when am I an architect and when am I a missionary? And, you know, maybe, you know, why is it kind of be so complicated, <laughs> but, but it, there's a bit of that where you feel like you're doing one well and you're neglecting the other, or you're doing the other well and you're neglecting the first. And mm. it's kind of a strange gray area because you're, yeah. you know, you're compared to professionals on one hand, but also this definition of a missionary on the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. Was that interesting? What, what have you uh, learned about yourself having been there now, what, a year and a half, two years, is it? Deep questions. You know, I think, I think one thing that I've learned is I didn't think that where I lived and the house I had mattered to me as much as it apparently did. Mm. You know, and I mm. think that we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, this idea of being established and all that. And it's, it's more uncomfortable uh, than I probably thought it would be. You know, I kind of mm. had this idea that I could live, we could live anywhere. You know, we we're pretty flexible. We're nimble, all this stuff, but it's just weird how these silly thoughts come to you. Like the neighborhood we live in now demographically is, is much poorer, very different mostly all rentals like so you have you know it's it's not hard to see that there's like a lot of brokenness and the families and things around here and you know we in Wauwatosa I think we lived across our next neighbor's house was a six hundred thousand dollar house and now <laughs> I think the house across the street from us is probably worth sixty thousand dollars you know so it's like uh-huh. starkly different and yeah. so you have these dumb thoughts of like man my kids like what are they going to grow up understanding of, you know, like how is this going to affect them and all this stuff. So I think God has used our living situation to expose idols in our hearts and in his grace has pushed us to deal with those things and to really understand what, you know, what is, what is important. And so I think that's the way that I've seen, I know I've been growing in that. I think we've both been growing in that. Mm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've learned about myself is that I had a lot of deep-rooted um, pride in in money and my own achievements. Like, like I went to college, and you know, I was a straight A student, and so then you you get the job, and you, you your paycheck comes, and you're like, yeah, I deserve that money. In fact, I probably should be paid more because <laughs> I've worked for this, and I'm a hard worker, and right? Like it, you can just, I mean, I never said those words out loud, but I definitely thought them in my head. And then the Lord leads us to this thing that we have to raise support. Right. And every time, so how it works when we get a paycheck, every paycheck there, we get a sheet in it with all these names 
and the amount that that person gave in that two week pay period. Mm. And it's really hard to be prideful when you get a sheet like that every week. And you're like, no, like the reason I get to do this work is because all these people believed that, that this ministry was worth it and believed that Billy and I were being called to it and are willing to give the funds so that, so I can get Mm. paid. And every time I open those little envelopes, I'm like, Oh, it's not about me. Like, like I just, it's, I mean, we've been getting them for a year, like, and I still can just feel like I need that reminder every two weeks to not be prideful. And I'm like, wow, I had a way bigger pride issue than I thought I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, okay. Like, you know, and so it gets back to this like dual purpose. It's like, has the Lord called us here because we're, we have skill sets and we have something to offer that Fort needs. Yes. But has he equally called us here because he's working in us and, and through us, like, because we're broken, mm. sinful people, like, mm. yes, like both those things Absolutely. are true. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good place to be, yeah. to have mm. both those being true. Yeah. 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 Well, what advice would you have for someone who is now where you were a year and a half, two years ago? What advice would you have for someone who would be considering leaving a secular job to be to become a missionary i would say that if if god is really calling you to that then you can't go wrong mm. and he he's not calling you because you're equipped and you may and you may be and maybe you have a skill set to offer but it's like laura was just saying he's calling you to equip you he will equip you in in ways that are far reaching beyond the actual work that he's calling you to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's deeply concerned with you. He's deeply concerned with the condition of your heart and he loves you. And that's why he's calling you into it. So if he's, if if he's calling you, then do it, but it doesn't mean that the rest of the story is, and they lived happily ever after. Mm -hmm. He calls us to grow us. Yeah. I'd, I'd echo that. And, and I would also say if if you feel the lord's leading you you know you need to get on your hands and knees and and make sure that he's he's the one leading um mm-hmm. that it's not something in your own mind and and i think you do that in prayer i think you do that in in his word and you do that by reaching out to to some really trusted friends which you know john that that we did that when mm-hmm. we were in our our discernment time period. And for us, all three of those areas in our individual prayer, in our time spent in the word and the trusted friends we met with all three pointed to, to going. And at that point we said, yes, we didn't, we didn't ask about the money or anything. We were like, well, we can't say no now. Like if God has said yes in all three of those areas, like, I mean, that's, that's how we discerned our decision and so yeah. I'd, I'd put that time in that discernment process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. It's getting go, going longer than um, I told you it, it would go. So I appreciate your, appreciate your time. If, if people wanted to find out more about Fort Wilderness, how could they do that? What's the website and all of that? And I'll have it in the show notes too. Yeah. So it's, it's fortwilderness.com. 
It's a new website that I had the privilege of working on. So thanks oh. for asking about that, John. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, it's a great website. <laughs> that's yeah. that's been my uh my my big big works for the last like eight months. It's not perfect, but but we did launch the new website and you can find out about the ministry there. You can see the missionaries that are serving there and and many are still raising support. Yeah, and you can you can get in touch with us. We'd we love praying for people and getting to know people. So yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Well, thanks again. We love you guys and we we miss you, but we're just really, really excited to see how God is using you for his glory in, in uh, Northern Wisconsin and all the people that come from all over to learn more about Jesus. And you are important parts of that ministry, important parts of facilitating that kind of activity and advancing God's kingdom. So we applaud what you do, that's for sure. So again, thanks for your time, and we will stay in touch. So what does all of this mean for you? Some of the questions I asked Billy and Laura, I found helpful for all of us to ask ourselves. Namely, how has God led us to what we are doing now? How are relationships impacting our lives? What are the rewarding things about our jobs? Or if we're not employed, what is rewarding in the ways we spend our time? And then finally, what have we learned about ourselves in the last year or two? Here's the main takeaway that I hope you remember from today's show. Taking the time to listen to a missionary, to hear their story of how God has led them and is growing them, can inspire us to listen more deeply to God so that we can grow too. I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. In closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to think about how you can listen to a missionary or even your friends to hear their story of how they got to where they are today. For when you do it will help you experience the joy of relationships God intends for you. Because after all, you were made for this. Well, that, that's all for today. In the meantime, create a little joy for the people you meet this week. Spread some relational sunshine around. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>